Welcome to Pushing the Limits with your host, Lisa Tarmody, where it's all about health optimization, anti-aging, longevity, and being the very best you can be. Brought to you by lisatarmody.com. Hey team, and welcome back to Pushing the Limits. Today I have my very dear friend and absolute brilliant savant genius, amazing cellular health expert, Dr. Elizabeth Yurth of the Boulder Longevity Institute to guest again. Uh, a repeat offender on the show. Anyone who's followed this podcast for a long time will know that I think she's the greatest doctor on the planet and uh, a very good friend. Uh, and she also looks after my family's health. So, um, very, very grateful for her very precious time today. Uh, we are talking longevity supplements. We are also talking peptides. And, you know, this is a bit of a coveted secret. I mean, what are the greatest, uh, supplements that are out there and peptides? And Dr. Yurth is an expert on both of those areas. So I hope you enjoy the, uh, podcast with her. Make sure you check out what her and her team do over at the Boulder Longevity Institute.com. Uh, the links will be down below. Uh, if you are wanting to work with Dr. Yurth, um, you can go via me. Um, I have a number of my clients working with Dr. Yurth uh, for high-level oversight, and it's fantastic as well to have that uh, access. So i um, very grateful for that. would love you to go over and check out our shop as well. Go to shop.lisatarmity.com. I've got my curated anti-aging longevity supplement range over there i must admit much of the supplements that i went out into the world and got were on the behest of of dr youth and her education um and her teachings so make sure you check it all out over there um everything from the nmn bio range to the srw range to lots from be pure lots of other oh fantastic i've got a uh, a couple of dozen companies that I work with, and it's very difficult to operate this whole curated range because, as you can imagine, having uh, lots of different suppliers importing from d- different places around the world, shipping, COVID, you know, all of those things, customs, it can be very, very complicated at times. But I'm determined to keep giving you guys the very best supplements that there are on the market and working to improve that all the time and um, grow the the range. Um, so check that all out, shop.lisatarmody.com. And as usual, if you want to find me, please reach out to support at lisatarmody.com. If you've got a health uh, problem that you're dealing with, you want some help with that, if you want to do our epigenetic testing programs or our DNA testing program, or if you'd like to check out our hyperbaric oxygen therapy clinic, uh, we are now open and operating in Taranaki and uh, very, very excited to um, open that clinic. So make sure that if you are in New Plymouth and you are in Taranaki and you want to know about hyperbaric oxygen therapy, that you also do reach out as well. Right, over to the show now with the amazing Dr. Elizabeth Hewis. Hey everyone and welcome back to Pushing the Limits. Today I have my dear friend and most amazing cellular health doctor in the world, longevity expert, Dr. Betsy, Dr. Elizabeth Newth, I should say, officially, <laughs> Betsy to her friends. Um, welcome to the show. It's fantastic to have you. Uh, we've had a bit of contact in the last week, haven't we? <laughs> We have. <laughs> Poor Lisa just keeps getting one little disaster after another, you know, but you just keep hanging in there. In the midst of it, congratulations on your award. Oh, <laughs> um, you know, in the midst of being in the hospital with your mom and trying to get that and you couldn't even get there to accept it, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> it was a peace run. A peace yeah, run. So cool. 
Yeah, I mean, that's very amazing. neat. Though. It, it was, but nice I couldn't celebrate it. But it got lost, and they tried to keep your mother alive. It sort of got put to the bottom of the. <laughs> yeah, she was in the middle of having a blood transfusion, so yeah, I wasn't leaving her side. And so they had the the celebrations without me, and I sent her a little video. But hey, I am so so grateful to the to to them for that award, and to Harita Davies and the team at, at Peace Run, fantastic organisation, and it was a real honour to you know. And yeah, if you look at the previous recipients like Carl Lewis and Teglin Roop and uh, Desmond Tutu, and I'm like, I'm in good company. You're right yeah. in there. I you're you're right you're right in there. You nobody deserves it more. You know, if if everybody knew your story beyond everything you've done and just, I mean, sometimes the challenges you face, you're facing now, I think maybe um, are, are sometimes tougher than running endurance races, right? Hell yeah. (laughs) Give me a, give me a desert any day over the stuff I'm doing at the moment. So just for for those listening, we've had a couple of medical emergencies with mum, who's obviously the most famous poster child of this podcast. Um, in the middle of the last podcast, she actually, yeah, had a, had a massive bleed into the bowel and I basically had to race away from the podcast. Um, and it was the second time that week. So massive blood loss. Um, but, um, She's stable now, and Dr. Yuth has been helping me on the end of, of the email and the phone and the, the, you know, all the bits. So I'm super grateful she's alive and uh, on the mend, on the mend with a lot of fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, getting old is not fun, and that's why. We don't, uh, we're not going to get old, right? <laughs> we're not going to get old. And I said to <laughs> Dr. Yuth here, uh, every time I get on here, you look old, uh, you look younger, I look older. <laughs> He's doing something yeah. right. Right now, I'm at that stage where my life is getting less stressful. Kids are, you know, kids yeah. are, are moving on, and you know, my parents have both passed away, which, you know, you, which is horribly sad losing your parents. But all of a sudden, your stress levels do kind of start. Yeah, getting, yeah, yeah. I get. I my totally parents were in their 90s when they died, so that last few years was a lot of what you were dealing with, right? It was in and out hospitals, and it's just such a strain. It's know? a it's a horrible time, and that's why we're here. Right, that's to why we share, really, you know, yeah. And be in the prevention because for our parents and you know that generation, you know, a lot of the damage was done before we even got got to these right. sorts of things. No we're knowledge. Doing now. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think it's one of the hardest things in this longevity field. Is like you and I have watched people, and you know, those people have watched somebody go through the whole process of getting old and getting more decrepit and watching them lose function, and you know, and you know, and right now you feel good. And I see all these people, oh, I don't want to spend the money. I feel really good. I'm like, you're not going to, if you do not spend the money, if you do not spend the energy now, you are not going to be able to age well. I think that's probably the hardest thing is you probably get this all the time, Lisa, from our clients saying, well, that's a lot of money. And, you know, and, and yet if you can prevent having to go through what your mom's going through, what my parents went through, you know, is it, is it worth it? I mean, to me, it is. I'll put, yeah, you know, my money far more into that than a nice car or a nice TV or absolutely. You know. <laughs> I couldn't give a shit about my car. Exactly. Honestly, it's a two thousand dollar <laughs> heap of crap. But I've yeah. got a lot of peptides and a lot of stuff in yeah, my fridge. Exactly. And, <laughs> and that's the number of people I have who I see and I recommend these regimens to, and they're like, "Oh, well, that's going to cost me blah blah blah." And I see them get into their really expensive cars, and I think, okay, obviously you want to spend your money somewhere different, yep. you know. Be, but that's really something that you guys have to really think about is that so much of what we're recommending and doing is to prevent, you know, is prevent future stuff. Even if you're feeling great right now, then great. Then you're starting out from a higher plane, right? Yeah. The and it's easy to see us, unfortunately, are the people who start not feeling well. 
Yep. You know, well, yep. then you're having to undo damage done. We, we want to keep the damage from happening. So I think the stuff we want to talk about today is how do we keep that damage from ever happening in the first place? Yeah. And, and, and you know, like with mum's situation now, there was nothing I could have done actually because it was a lot of damage was done earlier and from surgeries and from, you know, right. the stuff we were dealing with. Uh, it would have been better if I'd known this 20 years ago and I could have, right. you know, done a lot of things now. And it is my greatest frustration, even with some of my really wealthy clients that, could afford to do all of the stuff they will they'll have a go and they'll they'll they might get a lot of stuff started but they often just don't continue on right um and and success lies in endurance success lies in persistence and being relentless with this 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 approach because there's a lot of shit that can go wrong with the body (laughs) i've seen most of it lately Right, and you, you, and then there can something can still come left field at you, right? But if like this thing that happening to mum is left field, um, but because she'd been to the gym five days a week, because she'd she's still going, you know, right? Right. You took somebody, right? You mean you've worked very hard with her health, you you know, ever since her stroke, and you know, and and you know, and, and ongoing with that, and you're right. If you, if she had no resilience and would have lost this massive amount of blood and been in the hospital, most 80 year olds would, would not make it right. Yeah. She's now five days later home. Right. And yep. so, uh, you know, there is a piece to, you know, it is never too late to start picking up this stuff and doing, it and you can, you can still help along the way. But, you know, for those of us who are healthy right now, the key is we've got to keep our, ourselves healthy. And, you know, the other difficult piece of this is, is what is real and you know that's what i think we can you know i i, I want people to have a regimen that's that's going to be okay these are the basics you really yeah. do need to keep yourselves healthy because there's a lot of stuff out there yeah you, you read about it every tough. single day right you know oh there's another supplement there's a new supplement there's this you know and there really is a few basic things that all tie down to keeping ourselves at a healthy level so that's going to be the key and and this is a you know like we discussed this before with um, too many supplements in the mix and I I'm guilty of it because you know like yeah. with myself I'm an N of one and I experiment with everything you know I'm a biohacking fiend and I'm sticking things in me and you know trying things right, out right. and sometimes I'm you know like probably putting a little bit too much good right. good stuff in the mix and uh, so this is a very difficult thing to sort of triage what is the most important things and of course every single case is different and this is why I am a fan right. of test don't guess if you can afford to do that because when I have and, and I like to test when people are healthy because then right. I have a baseline to baseline. work from yeah exactly. and then I can go okay you you had a I don't know Dutch test last year and now this year things are sliding off a cliff um, we can see that comparison we can see your insulin levels going up and your insulin resistance and I can show you on a trend line here's where you were here's where you are now we need to do something to reverse that you know so I think getting these tests when you're healthy is is, is a good baseline things you know especially in things like MRIs and stuff too which yeah I'd love to see people doing that prophylactically so that we actually you know be in that preventative space right, you pick but, up stuff beforehand. If we start looking at, at, at supplements, because they are the easiest thing to put into our regime. Obviously, there's the exercise, the diet, the, the circadian rhythms. We, we, we've you know talked about those things before, but let's focus today on on supplements. And at the end, we want to get into some peptides as well. Okay. 
And given the fact that everybody's different, and this is not medical advice, if we're not personalizing in any way, what are some of the favorite things that you think on a base level are really important for things uh, people to be thinking about? So I think when you when you pick apart supplements, you have to look at what goes wrong at that cellular level, right? Um, and maybe at a systems level a little bit more so too. But we we all know that everybody, there's not one person out there who does not need D3 with K2 and some magnesium. You know, those three, and they kind of go, they're synergistic to each other. You, you really don't want to take D3 without K2 because mm. D3 really helps get K2 into the cells. So you know, remember K2 helps ensure that calcium that's transported by D3 goes to the bone and it doesn't go to your arteries. So exactly. you really want to take those two together. Most people need about 10,000 IUs of vitamin D3, unless you guys are in the sun a lot. Wow. Um, you know, most people need about 10,000 IUs a day. Now, again, know your levels. An optimal mm. vitamin D level somewhere between 80 and 110 in serum. I don't know. I think, I think guys' value looks the same on that one. Yeah, too, I, I think it is the same on that one. Um, so, you know, so that's you, a lot. Like most doctors would go, no. Uh, exactly. Most doctors, and you know, and it's because in medical school you're taught, oh, this is a fat. These are fat soluble vitamins. You have to be careful with fat soluble vitamins. It, it, it's been shown that it takes a lot of vitamin D three to really become toxic. Mm. You know, even upwards of taking a hundred thousand IU's regularly for a while, um, and and so most people are not going to become toxic. If you do, usually it's, it, it goes away if you stop the vitamin D three. Is you know, it's not any long term unless you just yeah. kept going. Most people would start getting nauseous. And symptomatic before they ever had damage done, like liver damage done. So, you know, so th- the key is that, you know, 5,000 I use at a minimum. Most people need 10,000. You guys, you know, summer, or maybe if you're out in the sun a lot, but most of us are, you know, in, under these fluorescent lights. I'm not in the sun even when it's sunny out, unfortunately. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're getting a lot of sun, probably 5,000 I use is enough. Most of us need 10,000 um, with about, um, a thousand I use of K2. So those two together, I like to take them as a mixed supplement. That way it's one, one pill yep. as opposed to trying to do both. And then, you know, everybody's magnesium deficient and you need magnesium. Remember magnesium is also critical to bone and cardiac and to uh, arterial health. So mm-hmm. magnesium 500 to a thousand milligrams, it's going to help with constipation, but it's really going to help vascular health and bone health. I'm seeing with magnesium, you know, people that are taking magnesium and still not, their blood levels aren't coming up. What's up with that? You know, like we're taking the 500 to a thousand milligrams a day and, and things just still aren't shifting. And there's, and there's different types of magnesium. Right, too. different types of magnesium, right? Yeah. So when you look at magnesium, you, def- you definitely want to make sure you don't look at serum magnesium, but looking at red cell magnesium. So you want to look at red cell magnesium, not just serum magnesium, because serum magnesium may, may, may have very little information mm-hmm. to transport rapidly into the red cells. So you want to make sure you're looking at a red blood cell level of magnesium. And then when you see people who still don't have levels coming up orally, you can try transdermally, right? Mm-hmm. So which is either buy a transdermal magnesium, but Epsom salt, right? Right. You take Epsom salt baths. magnesium. That's, and that's back in the old days why they used Epsom salt baths was because it actually helped cardiac, you know, that's they used for cardiac disturbances because it would get transdermally absorbed. So by taking Epsom salt baths, you can get, a, you know, just bathing in magnesium, you can get a pretty nice transdermal absorption. Wow. So people who have kind of messed up guts who aren't absorbing it orally, try using transdermally um, so you can buy it. And it's a little pricier to buy the transdermal versus going to your drugstore and buying a bunch of Epsom salts and throwing them in your bathtub and soaking them for half hour. Right. Um, And then you get a massive absorption of it. Right. And so it's been shown that, you know, Epsom salt baths will relax muscles, helps cardiac dysfunction. They used to use it as a treatment for atrial fibrillation because you could get the cardiac muscles so settled down. 
So people forget that that's a cheap, easy way to get magnesium. So if I have a, a few people who like, you know, I'm just not seeing it come up, I will go to transdermal forms of that. Wow. Um, that is gold. Or people don't tolerate it for some reason. There's people who sometimes their gut, even on not magnesium citrate, their gut doesn't tolerate it well, right? Yeah. Uh, then I'll go to transdermal forms. Okay. So, and because there's, there's like, if we just quickly go through some of the magnesiums, there's magnesium three and eight really good for the, the brain. Brain, right. So magnesium mag- three and eight is the only one that really can clock across mm-hmm. the blood brain barrier. So, you know, I, I think that that's a nice supplement for everybody to have in, in, you know, so magnesium. So I, I will do magnesium three and eight in the daytime. It doesn't make you tired or relaxed mm-hmm. the way other magnesiums do, but the three and eight will cross the blood brain barrier. It gives you that nice neural input. The other magnesiums do not cross the blood brain barrier. So while they're good for other things, they're not so useful for the brain. Um, so then you could use, you know, so magnesium citrate is the most common magnesium. It's the cheapest, but it's yeah. the hardest on the gut. Yeah. So it's not the best unless you're trying to get a bell. Unless you, like, if, if you're constipated, you know, like yeah. if you're constipated a lot, like if I'm traveling, things like that, I will do magnesium citrate, right? So because that does help help with having more normal bowel movement in the morning in those days. Um, and th- but then you can use, you know, um, fumarate, you can use glycinate. I really liked a mixed mag- magnesium, one that sort of has a combination of those in it, honestly, where you yeah. get a little bit of each, I think is well tolerated and you get the best results with it. So, so that's what you usually do a mixed one. magnesium. Yeah, get a mixed one because there's and there's so many types. Like, there's oxides so many types, right? and the, yeah, there's uh, bisglycinates, which yeah, what, one that I use a lot. And yeah, yeah the glycinate's and, great because it's really well tolerated by people. Right, it doesn't cause the gut disturbances as much, so it's very well tolerated. Uh, you know, so that's an, and and it's not horribly expensive. Yep, um, and and magnesium is like. 300 enzymatic act- reactions in the body like with it's without huge. it the citric acid cycle isn't working properly and the you know exactly. the dna repair is not happening and uh, uh, doesn't that help with the I, adrenal system as well like the whole definitely okay. helps with you know <clears throat> there's really not one system in the body that's not affected by main, well, magnesium you know so cardiovascular even, health critical for cardiovascular health and mm-hmm. yet it's you, we don't get it from our diet very well anymore. It's been overgrown in the soil. It used to be what we get it from our plants, absorb it from the soil. We get it and now. The food sits on the shelves, or it's or our soil is not. We don't rotate crops. They've shown that ninety percent of people are deficient in magnesium. So yeah. it's one of the supplements that I think everybody needs to take anymore. Yep, right? and I, and I've seen it in lots of people's blood work and stuff yeah. that it's just keeping coming back low despite and even being on. You try going to the transdermal if you if you've tried switching yeah. forms and it still doesn't work. Try going to a transdermal on those people. Okay, see what we happens. Will do. So that's magnesium. So the first one D three K two very good for the immune system. Very yeah. good for bone health. Uh, very good for what else is it? Um, Again, adrenals, um, just, just, you know, again, those three, that D3, K2, magnesium, you know, bones, brain, cardiovascular system, um, adrenal, adrenal glands, immune health. You you absolutely need all three of those for immune health. So K2 is really helpful for preventing arterial plaque. So that, you know, it's one of the things that helps get the calcium. So it stays in the bone, not where we where we want it, wow. not in the arteries where we don't want it. So it's it, it becomes a pretty critical element too. In fact, you can actually reverse some people who have cardiac plaque by high dose K2. Wow. Um, so okay. Higher dose, you can you actually reverse cardiac plaque or you know people with atherosclerotic plaque in their vessels. So it, so it, it is sort of an underutilized nutrient too. And I would any of you guys who are taking D3 without K2, you need to make sure you're taking them together. Yeah, because that's actually a bit dangerous, isn't it? Because you can right. get calcium deposits in the wrong yeah, places. Calcium deposits in the, yeah. 
Just interrupting the show to let you know about our patron community here and the podcast at Pushing the Limits. We've been going for eight years and we really need your support to keep the show on air and free to everybody so that everyone gets this fantastic information uh, from all these great doctors, scientists, athletes, business people from all around the world. So we would love you to come and join us. You get a lot of exclusive member benefits when you do, but really it's about supporting the show and keeping it on air. And for a coffee or two a month, that would be fantastic if you can come and join us. You can go to patron.lisatamati.com. That's patron.lisatamati.com and check it all out. And that, it should be the MK7 or the MK4 variant, the menaquinone or whatever it's called. So the menaquinone is probably better, mm-hmm. um, you know, and as a, as a, as a K2. But, it, you know, when you read the, all the studies on, on MK7 versus MK4, you kind of go back and forth. I think they're probably both beneficial. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the next one. Um, let's look at uh, the fats, the fat family, yeah. because we've got uh, omega-3s. We've got our favorite plasmalogens. We've got fatty 15, which has just come on our radar recently. Um, what, what's, what do you look at when you're looking at So this at will be fats? another sort of critical piece. If you look at what happens, you know, the cell membrane becomes a very, very critical player in getting things into the cell. But also we need lipids. Our brain is mostly lipids, mm. right? If you look at people who have low cholesterol, for instance, or low plasmalogen levels, the brain is just smaller. The brain actually shrinks down. Wow. So that's why we, you know, people have these cholesterols that are pushed down to 120, 140. It's horrible. And you look at brain volumes and it totally equates to that because the brain needs cholesterol and needs lipids. So you've got to replace lipids because those decline as we age. And you know, so I think there's We've, we've always been, you guys mostly know about omega-3s and I've always touted omega-3s until recently. Yeah. <laughs> because now there's some new data on what Lisa was talking about. And I think you have a podcast coming out on this one that got interrupted, but hopefully you got <laughs> enough information there. But, yeah. you know, it, it's something called fatty 15, which is a 15 chain carbon. And what they found is that, you know, we used to think, okay, omega-3 is super important to cellular membrane function, has all these great properties. But what they found is fatty 15, this carbon 15 actually was significantly more beneficial than the Mm -hmm. omega-3s. And in fact, where omega-3s actually were harmful to a couple of cell types, fatty 15 was beneficial to actually repair 10 out of 12 cell cell types. I think omega-3s, you know, were harmful to about three of those. So it actually had caused detriment to some of those. You know, we also know that a lot of omega-3s are oxidized. Yeah. And, And so they actually are oxidized either in the bottle before you take them or in your gut. And so now they become an oxidative stress inducer. So bad thing, right? So now you're taking something that's supposedly helping you and it's actually doing harm. And it's probably where some of the variability, when you look at all the studies of omega-3s, there's states like, oh, it's great. And there's states like, no, it's horrible. It probably has to do with the Depends way our bodies the react to the omega-3s and the quality wow. of the omega-3s. Exactly. And it doesn't happen with plasmalogens and fatty 15? No, they so they don't knock? get, they don't get oxidized that way. Uh-huh. Exactly. So, so yeah. um, so, so fatty 15, you know, what it's going to lack is it doesn't have the DHA component of the lipids. So you need the DHA still. It's got an EPA portion, but not DHA. So you're just taking, whereas omega-3 is going to usually have a, a complete, it's got DHAs and EPAs. The fatty 15 is lacking that DHA chain. So fatty 15, actually, if you look at where we get 15 chain carbons, the only place is full fat dairy. And nobody wow. eats full fat dairy anymore. I right? do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, you look at people. Everybody's you know, don't, nobody eats full fat dairy, and you know, people can't tolerate it very well either, right? They're, they're yeah, there's other reasons. Yeah. 
um, you know, or or sometimes it's more immunogenic to people. So this is so we've seen, in fact, we've seen this in, incremental increase in a lot of diseases that correlates to when people stopped using full fat dairy, uh, which was you know mm. probably when I, I can't remember how old I was when that all started. People sort of got a felt everybody started going oh. non fat milk and yeah, you know, and and the eighties, I think, you know, yeah. Yeah, that was when, when I grew up. It was like yeah. low fat, low fat, low fat. Cool. Yeah, I went to low fat exactly. <laughs> Terrible. Um, so I think fatty fifteen is one to have on everybody's radar, and it's like one capsule a day, which is nice, right? The omega threes were taking like six of. It's one capsule a day actually seems to be beneficial for most people. Wow. Then you've got to get the, the DHAs, and so mm. I think that you have to add to that a plasmalogen DHA. So plasmalogens, I think you've talked to Dr. Good now at one mm. one of your podcasts, are also a little bit new to our understanding. But they're a really specialized type of phospholipid that's most prevalent in our brain, our heart, our lungs, uh, eyes, kidneys, skeletal muscle. And they're really, you know, probably the best way to think about them is, is a little bit like um, insulation on a wire. So if that phospholipid membrane protects all of our neurons. And once that's gone, the neurons become exposed and damaged. It's like that electric wiring becomes exposed if you took off the insulation, right? Amazing. And now yeah. they start, you get seeing this misfiring and you start seeing degradation. And so we know that lower plasmalogen levels are, are correlated to all sorts of diseases, particularly brain diseases like, like Alzheimer's. Mm. Um, so they're really important to kind of neurotransmission. They're very important in, you know, for you and I who are, you know, more athletes too, for athletic function because they, they, they allow the message to go from neuron to muscle. So you actually can react faster. And, you know, so it helps with, wow. with things that require speed, agility, coordination, which declines as we age, right? So when they look at plasmalogens, we start to, you know, plasmalogens will escalate through fetal stage and they actually start to taper off around 30, maybe even a little bit younger than that. A lot of people, and by 60, they've significantly declined. So you really have got to start replacing them. Probably around 30 is the best time to start replacing them. Uh, but at least by the time you're 50, you need to replace some plasmalogens. There's two different types. Yeah, I was say and, and neuro. So there's a DHA plasmalogen, which is yep. called prodrome neuro. Um, and that one I think you need. If, so if you're taking the fatty 15, you still need the DHA component. So you need at least two of that plasmalogen neuros a day. Now, if you have more brain dysfunction, then you've also got to work on white matter, which is the glial matter as well. So there's another one called plasmalogen glial, which you take at night. So in perfect world, you would two of the neuro in the day, two of the glial at night. But I probably would say if they're expensive. If yeah. you if you if you if you are pretty much a healthy person trying to stay healthy, I would do the fat one of the fatty fifteen, two of the prodrome neuro, and probably that's going to be good enough to maintain. If you've got illnesses going on, or you've got a high, you've got an apoe four genotype. For instance, yep. those yep. people probably need more uh, yep. because we know that those ApoE4 people have very low plasmalogen levels. And if you replace mm-hmm. the plasmalogens in those ApoE4 people, then they don't, they don't get Alzheimer's. Wow. And they it's correct to correlate. You know, so, so, so yeah, that's kind of given yeah. as a death sentence to people. Oh, you've got the bad gene, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and, and this totally seems to actually, in fact, those people actually maybe have some genetic advantages as long as you replace the plasmalogen. So I think those have to be on the radar too. Those are, you know, those are two of the most important lipids to keep your brain, your heart functioning and your muscle functioning. So those are, you know, the key organs that start to deteriorate as we age, right? Our cardiac, our brain, and then we start to get sarcopenic, we start to lose muscle. So I think that, that, and you can't eat those in your diet. Plasmalogens are found in 
in sea scallops mm, and small amounts, sea squirts, yeah. right? So Asian, <laughs> you know, a lot of the, the, the Asian people are actually eating sea squirts and those things actually probably get more than we do. Um, we get a lot less, but it's hard to get enough from your diet. So you really yeah. have to take it as a supplement. Uh, and I know, you know, Dr. Goodenow's lab is the only one who makes these right now. Um, I've had the opportunity to spend some time in his lab. It's, he's he's, he's, wow. a, he's like a mad scientist in there. Yeah, yeah. He's um, amazing. He's, he's, he's incredible. And, you know, but um, they're, they're, they're not cheap, right? Nah, so it's, unfortunately. You know, unfortunately. And, and, and I know, you know, this guy has worked very hard to try and bring him as much price as he can. And, you know, hopefully eventually that'll get easier. But yeah. for now, with the fatty 15 and these, I mean, you're talking about a fair amount of money. And yeah, I think these are absolutely critical to maintaining brain health. Yeah. Especially if you've got your generation and you're older, you know, or you're right. coming back from a stroke or, or anything right, trying like to recover that. from anything yeah. neurologic. Exactly. Yep. And you so know, the, the or, neuro, COVID, the new, and you know, oh you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I mean, neuro, the neuro and the glia. That's that's really good that you've um, highlighted the difference there. So with the neuro having that in conjunction with the fatty, 15. right? I think you can get if you're healthy like us. Probably yep. that's going to get you by. I mean, I I throw glia in there too, but um, glia is a bit cheaper I, than the neuro. Glia is not as expensive, right? Yeah. Which and, yeah. and we've we've managed to get them down here in New Zealand now, so I'm I'm stoked. Oh, good. Um, so I'll put the links in the in the show notes. But um, and it is it's a problem. You know, even like you know, I've got a, a client at the moment in the hyperbaric chamber, and I want them on the plasmalogens, but I know if I go, <laughs> they're going to go another supplement. I know, um, but I probably need to. That's why we do have to kind of get this down to what are you know the yeah. absolute critical. So I think you know if you add the plasmalogens in there for the lipids, yeah, you know. And, and then if we look at, you know, so the last piece there comes from um, the things that have omega-9s. So, so yeah. if we want that whole full lipid profile, you also need the omega-9. And um, in, right now, plant-based omega-9s are probably the easiest for us to get, like sunflower lecithin. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so basically that, you know, sunflower lecithin will actually give you some some of the omega-9. You can liver eating liver can also be a good source of omega-9 so that's a that's another less than source uh-huh. um so you know if those of you who want, want a full animal base and then i know dr good now is actually working on developing a different type of omega-9 from an egg yolk that would be really uh-huh. beneficial to us to us too but egg yolks are another really good source to be able to get some of that lecithin um, yeah, I mean, egg yolks are really, eggs are really optimal food. <laughs> yeah, and but then I've got clients. I had one yesterday whose albumin level was so low, and I'm like, right, you got to get on some egg white powder. Yes. And then we looked at his genetics, and it's got eggs not great. No, you know they're not good for him, and he reacts to them. Um, and I'm like, well, lots of how times do I get your albumin up? So lots of times that egg whites are the more immunogenic piece, right? So they're, they're nice. They're high protein, low caloric. So they're nice to add an egg white protein to get the albumin in, but you can get the less of them from the yolks alone, you know, so you can actually buy powdered egg yolk and yep. use that to at least get the cold, the lecithin and, and the other things. Get the lecithin. Yeah. But um, you can't you know, get the albumin from any other you place. Can't get the can you? From that either. Right. Yeah. So, you know, so you have to look for other sources of albumin, you know, or take an albumin supplement. Is there, uh, is there such a thing? Well. There is, yeah. Ah, so there is, albumin, there is so, albumin supplement. Those people have really low okay. albumin. But lots of times, if you get the cell health, you know, Lisa, better, you'll see the albumin levels increase. Because uh-huh. remember, if the cell membrane is dysfunctional, then you, you know, you're leaking. Like you need adequate copper for 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 albumin, and you need to make sure the cell membrane is healthy. Sometimes when you get the plasmalogen levels up, I've seen the albumin improve. Okay. Okay. Um, well, that, that, that's that's exciting. Another way to get it. 
you know, right. So it might be attacking go another it. realm when things aren't, yeah. you know, things are when he, when he doesn't have the capability that because he's, he's eating enough protein, he should be getting enough albumin. Yeah. He's not, not enough protein. Exactly. I mean, yeah, and so not absorbing. See, just got to push him. Yeah, he's got to get his push, push his protein up. Yeah, and that's um, where you have to look at the digestive enzymes and the the betaine and things. Um, right. So yeah, which how you know, safe is betaine? Like, uh, betaine is, is is stomach acid for those who don't know, um, and it declines as we get older. And certain genetic makeups have less of these digestive enzymes and, and right. betaine, um, and, and can't break down their food as well. Is there a risk though with betaine because it is well, stomach acid? I mean, betaine is also known as trimethylglycine, so it's you know yeah. it's, it, it, it's a very potent methylator. Most people are poor methylators, but there are some people who you're going to hypermethylate them. So you know, so hypermethylation can be an issue, and those people can get a little bit wiggy and anxious and start and feel badly on it. That is a more rare case phenomenon. So in is general, it, is the acid? Is the acid side of the equation, though, like, you know, the, having the acidic stomach, you know, like we're dealing with a gastrointestinal bleed is a is a That betaine, should not be an issue. No. no? Don't betaine, take it out of the... the it's okay. more probably the people, a few people who you'll hypermethylate, but the acidic, no, should not be an issue. Okay. So it's more from the TMG side of it, the, the, yeah. the, the hypermethylation. Yeah. The, yeah so and I think it, in general, from a digestive enzyme piece, it's useful. Okay, yeah, because I have uh, quite a lot of clients who have digestive issues, and I do put the pancreatic enzymes in, and then the in the betaine, yeah. and especially in my older yeah. population, yeah. that should be helpful in those people. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Okay, and and in copper, you mentioned now copper. <laughs> my research on copper is also like bad, terrible, as bad as mercury. Fantastic, gotta have it. And I'm like, huh? So you really <laughs> need small yeah, amount you, you need copper low copper levels are going to look just like ms you get neurologic dysfunction you know and especially all these people are taking a lot of zinc yeah so you have to have a balance between zinc and copper right so the literature on copper comes from the bad things if you get it out of balance so if you get too much copper then there is going to be an issue but in general copper is actually a beneficial thing you know at at, at a low level now it is one of those things i do like to test you know, yep. just like your copper levels before I just throw people on copper, right? And you can um, do that in the plasma or you... so 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 yeah, we we yeah. we get a blood test. So I know Spectracell has one, Vibrant Micronutrients has one, so you can look at copper um in in in, in intracellular levels of copper with those tests. Okay. Then you want to make sure zinc copper in a one-to-one balance. That's kind of one of the key pieces there is to have zinc and copper. A lot of your people are taking a lot of zinc, like for COVID yeah. or whatever, um, yeah. they might need a small amount of copper. They might be getting that balance off. Yeah. Um, but it is one of those things where it's tough to know. Mm. Uh, Without you know, testing. It, it's where there's a peptide called GHK copper, where the copper is bound to GHK, where you're not going to do, you know, because the copper is bound, it doesn't create the issues, but it helps restore levels. So, but that's, you know, a much more difficult way to get it. Yeah, well, I'm so doing I don't, GHK I don't just throw co- copper in very often into the mix without, without testing levels of it. Yeah. I'm doing the topical GHK. So you, yeah, uh, so topical so that's GHK a good way. And yeah. that's a great way, right? Now, now you're not going to throw unbound copper mm. into the mix, but your body will actually, you know, break it off and use what it needs. But the, that's a great, it's to use transdermal copper, GHK copper. Yep. Cause it's so good for your skin too, you know? Yep. So you get yeah. all these benefits of skin. You get some transdermal absorption of the GHK copper and it's a nice safe way to keep copper levels stable, but it's bound to the GHK. So you don't get this serum copper floating around. So yeah, I love yeah, yeah. You know, GHK copper face creams and, you know, that you can buy. Um, like Lorraine Picard, who discovered GHK copper, uh, you know, it's like reverse skin aging, I think it's called. And you can buy a little vial of, you know, this 
bright blue GHK copper and mix it yeah. with all your face cream for like nothing. I mean, it's really inexpensive. Yeah, um, I've just bought a whole lot of it and uh, yeah. it'll last me the next couple of years. And I just great for wound cream. healing. You yeah, know, too. Like you have a wound that won't heal, uh, foot ulcers and diabetics, things like that. It's amazingly beneficial for healing. Okay. And, and you can so, just put it into any cream, which yeah, you just put it into like, like, you know, 1%. Yeah, that's a cheap way. He, he sells it in all sorts of creams too, but you can yep. really literally buy that. The little blue vial, strong, bright blue yep. vial, and add it to something, right? Yep. You know? Yeah, that's what I've been doing. Right. Yeah. A nice cheap way of getting it. And transdermal, remember, just like magnesium, transdermally absorb things. It's a great way to get absorption. Yeah. And we, we tend to think that our transdermal is not going to work. I know. But it's right. But <laughs> it it's does. Great, right? It does. I mean, it's, why yeah, it's hor- scary the things that we are like our water and things like that that we're not even thinking about yeah. the contaminants in water that we're actually transdermally absorbing those, right? So, yeah. You know, we, you know so mm. it, transdermal absorption can be both good and bad. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The chlorines and things of the world and all the other horrible stuff that's in our rivers and things. Yeah. Ooh. So let's add one more fat to the mix, and that's yeah. choline. Choline, choline. Right? So yeah. Choline you really that. need as well. Um, you need choline to maintain the integrity of the cells for liver function. We know that acetylcholine is one of the main neurotransmitters, right? Mm-hmm. So that's going to help memory, cognitive performance. Um, we know that choline, along with folate, helps get rid of homocysteine, which is, mm-hmm. you know, when homocysteine builds up, that's yep. that damages cardiovascular heart disease and stroke, right? Yeah. So, um, so, so, yeah, and especially anybody who's pregnant, you can get choline again. Liver, uh, if you eat liver, salmon has some. Um, eggs, eggs have it. Yeah. So yeah. those are you know great great sources of it. Or take it as a supplement as well if you're not getting those things in your diet as much. And that goes yeah, well not, with I don't know. Do you, I, I'm not a big liver fan, um, but no, I'm not eating it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a pill of it. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. So I take it as an organ meat supplement. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Uh, yeah, much better way. So choline, lecithin, plasmalogens. Uh, two, two plasmalogen neuro and one and of the fatty, fatty 15. 15. And I think you covered that sort of lipid base with the with the sort of basics, right? What about olive oil? Um, and and olive oil. Yeah. yeah. Uh, easy one to add in, right? Tablespoon yeah. of olive oil. Yep. Super beneficial source of fatty acids. I mean, um, I think, you know, back in Hippocrates day, Homer, Greek poet Homer called it like uh, liquid gold, you know? So even back then they realized that it was like, you know, Hippocrates, that was what he used to heal a whole lot of things. So yep. even back way back then they knew how important it was. Remember it has to be extra virgin olive oil, right? It has to be ex- good, expensive, yeah. high grade, extra virgin olive oil. But here's something that has, you know, a, a tablespoon, one tablespoon of olive oil, easy, yep. inexpensive. And, you know, and, and was going to really, again, that's another thing that's going to really help, help that immune system and inflammation, um, reduces blood pressure, regulates glucose, improves endothelial really function. Glucose. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You'll see improvement in glucose parameters and people just by adding a tablespoon of olive oil dose. So that's an wow. easy one to add into. Wow. So that's, you know, Another beneficial fatty acid. Yep. I'm glad you brought that one up because we forget about, about it. Yeah. What about carbon 60? Uh, I haven't really, I, I did some research years ago and I've forgotten half of what I learned, but um, I think it was C60. Um, yeah. Do you anything about that? So, uh, I, you know, I, I, I think there might be some benefits in, with carbon 60 in certain disorders. I, I wouldn't put it on your radar or something that, you know, because it's, it, it's another one that, you know, there's yeah. a lot of Instagram and podcasts and stuff. I, it's it's probably beneficial for some 
cases. It's not one that you should have on your radar as a supplement that most people need. Right. Not in our baseline. Especially if you're, if you're covering doing. these other bases here. Yeah. Okay. So let's carry on down the the, tr- the train of things. Um, gut health, uh, hugely important system. Right. I'm dealing with that one right now. Um, Lactulose and triolose are two of your favorites that um, I've so, adopted from you. So gut health is tough, right? We know the gut microbiome is important for everything. And, you know, one of the hard things is there's probably not the perfect probiotic out there. No, I mean, not single. There's, there's a lot of probiotics out there. There's probably not the perfect one. I think um, um, I, I like a bifidobacterium there. But if you look at how do we get our own gut healthy, it's really two pieces. You know, is I'm going to throw in two things first. That is that you've got to have butyrate in the gut for anything else to work. Yeah. So tri- I love tributarin. to add to my gut regimen, tributyrin. Which is hard to get. <laughs> hard for you guys to get. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So tributyrin is basically a pro-butyrate. It turns into butyrate in the lower intestine. If you just take butyrite orally, not much of it gets to the to the lower intestine. And then you can use short-chain fatty acids that are in like something like Tudka. I don't know if you guys can get Tudka. Yeah, you can get Tudka. Um, but Tudka is a great range. way to help those bile acids, like for your mom right now, just yeah. to you know, normal bile function. So I really like Tudka and tributyrin for most people, especially when it's starting to restore the gut. They might not need to be on it forever, but you know, I, I take those pretty regularly. Bile, to my gut. health. Yeah. You get the bile acids and the butyrate to the gut. Now, now you've got the gut milieu where you need it. Now, how do I maintain that? So lactulose you know, really lactose has been around the medical world for forever, um, used for constipation, used for people with liver disease, but it actually has been found to be kind of the perfect prebiotic probiotic. So it, it really helps to, to make colonocytes healthy, actually kills off bad bacteria, helps good bacteria grow. So it's, it's you know, when, when we talk about prebiotics, those are what are allowing the good bacteria to stay in our gut. And so really prebiotics, I like better than probiotics. Mm. This actually does both. And sometimes you, you need to throw probiotics back into the mix for a while. Um, but you, once you get the gut healthy, you shouldn't need to keep taking probiotics as much. And so by using laxulose, once you may get that level, it helps maintain it. It's a tablespoon a day. It's a, it's yep. a sickly sweet. sweet little grease, super sweet. Yep. I kind of like it, but people like who don't it. like sweet stuff hate it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's a little tablespoon a day of that can be, you know, and especially if you have any chronic constipation, super helpful. It also helps magnesium and calcium get absorbed. Oh, um, So that may be an issue with like your, your that gut absorption person, put them on a little lactulose to so absorb the calcium magnesium a little bit better wow. in that person. Man, um, you just have so much nuance. Like I know a lot of the stuff, but not the nuance. It's just like every time I talk to you, it's just next level of, uh, <laughs> of yeah, the information. I mean, that's as studies and studies come, keep coming out. I mean, the lactulose uh, stuff is really new. I mean, I think that stuff, I mean, the, all the, the research on lactulose kind of for longevity. I mean, honestly, if you look at, if you just Google lactulose and longevity, there's some great longevity data on it. Um, and we can get so, it here. We can get it without yeah, prescription. Right. With our oh, only, oh, like, you guys don't even need it. See, we need a prescription here in the US. Yeah, for it, we don't. Yes. We can do it over prescription, but we can actually go to the chemist and buy lactulose. Lows. Lows. It's called you know, Lavo Lex. Finally, <laughs> yeah, um, finally something that's here that's not over there easy because you have to get actually prescribe it over there. Don't you? And it's um, inexpensive, right? I mean, it's and very inexpensive. inexpensive. Yeah. yeah, like fifteen dollars um, a big liter yeah, of bottle. Like here so it's like big everyone, bottle and it's like six bucks. You know, so rush, right, rush yeah. out and get some. It's yeah, chemist. I mean, this is a really <laughs> easy thing to do. Yeah. Then, so you know, black shows is basically a sugar. But it's not. But it's no not a bad back. sugar. Yeah, right, it's not a bad sugar. And the same thing's true of trailose. So trailose, which is basically like two glucose molecules together, it's actually made when a plant 
is stressed, it makes trailos. So that, that's really where it comes from. Uh-huh. But it's a disac ride that has no actually prevents glucose spikes. So if you if you eat sugar and you sprinkle trailos on like your cake, you'll actually <laughs> blunt the glycemic impact of it. Not wow. that you eat cake, but you can cook with it as your sweetener. You can use it as a sweetener in your coffee. The more, yep. the better. Oh, uh, I have but a we also range. We know one yep. of the ways trailos works is by restoring the gut microbiome. Wow. So it not only helps with glucose spikes with carbohydrate intake, but we know that it's really, really healthy to restore the gut microbiome. So that combination of those two sugars seems to be really good for re- re- repairing the gut. Is it a probiotic um, or is it a more like on the tributarian side it's of the... It's more like the pri- a, a prebiotic. So pre- it's more prebiotic. So it's feeding yeah, the colonocytes so that you create this perfect environment for the good beneficial anaerobes to thrive. Because a lot of people take probiotics and they get a reaction. They get, uh, they get, you know, the, if they've got like small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, yeah. SIBO, or uh, things like that, they can actually like you need to go back and fix the gut before you put the probiotics right. in, so to speak. Well, and I was told what I said is, if I'm throwing all these good bacteria into my gut, but the gut milieu is not right for them, they're not going to do anything. Aerobic. They're going to be yeah. dead in a minute, right? You have to first get the gut healthy before probiotics are even going to have any benefit. Yeah, you know, yep. if, if if you have an aerobic gut because you have leaky gut and, and you sort of an aerobic gut environment, that good beneficial anaerobes don't survive, right? Yeah. So now you throw a bunch of stuff in there. The only thing that survives is is the aerobes. Now you get an overabundance of the aerobic bacteria. So now you get gassy and bloated and feel horrible. Yeah. Yeah. You know? and, and that's why, um, I, you know, again, I like testing um, microbiome right. testing. That's so microbiome, we do right. the complete, so sort of yeah, the complete yeah. microbiome te- uh, mapping thing. Yes, you can see right. Yeah, and you can see knowledge is always power, power, right? Yeah, and then you can throw the right things in the mix, you know? Um, Yeah, so a tablespoon of lactulose, trailose, I like to get up like 15 grams three times a day. That's a lot. A little scoop of it, it's about five grams, but throw it in your coffee. You can cook uh, with it. You could, you know, you you could put it on on fruit. You can, you know, so it's really a nice. Three scoops a day. You know, uh, yeah. three scoops a day would be good. Yeah. Like, and I have that in my range. So if you're looking for it, it's in the shop because there's nowhere else to be found in New Zealand. Um, you, you'll be struggling to find it. So check, check that yeah, out. Yeah, it's a little hard to find here too. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, but yeah. I, I have managed to get a supply. So that that's good. really good. Um, okay, so let's carry on down the, the, so got the gut. list. So gut, tudka, gut. tributarin, tudka. trailers. Now we've got a gut taken care of. Throw some pre pro, you can throw probiotics, probiotics in the mix ones. if you need to, but those are going to be not, this is, we're talking about mainstay stuff everybody needs. We want to keep the okay. gut healthy, right? Yep. Um, what else are right. they? Like the B complex, the B, the B vitamins. So B we, vitamins. We, we have to talk those because right. they're huge. So yeah. everybody needs B vitamins, especially methylfolate. Methyl B12 and probably riboflavin. I sort of like the, you know, just a good B complex. Mm. But, you know, you look at a lot of genetic t- testing, Lisa, and, you know, yep. it, we have so many people who are poor methylators. Those people nef- definitely need, you know, extra methyl tetrahydrofolate, methyl B12. Methyl B12 is not well absorbed orally. It's better done as a sublingual mm-hmm. or as an injection. So little loss of through the gut. Yep. Right. So it doesn't have to go through the gut. Yeah. And then, and then, and then riboflavin. More than half the population is deficient in riboflavin. And remember, if you are deficient in riboflavin, you can't metabolize iron appropriately. Oh. So now iron gets deposited where you don't want it. You get these hemosiderin deposits where you don't want it. You don't have, we need iron. I mean, iron gets a little bit of a bad rap for cancer and things like that, but we do need some iron to function normally. And so, you know, from normal methylation patterns, you, you need some degree of iron. So you have to make sure the iron is absorbed correctly, which means 
having riboflavin along with iron if you're going to give iron. So if you ever have somebody like like your mom, if we need to do an iron infusion on because iron's really low, you want to make sure our riboflavin levels are high enough as well. Wow, okay. Right. So you want to add in a little ri- you know, riboflavin in there. Yeah. Um, so and that's going to really help. You know, those are going to keep methylation appropriate. Uh, you know, even if you don't, you know, add in things like SAMI or TMG, then we can keep methylation pretty good. Those those three vitamins. So I think so important for brain, so important for energy, uh, host of cell functions, just by taking the B vitamins. So I think that that you know those are those go along with our D three K two magnesium as the sort of basics that you have to have. Right. Yeah, and this is the stuff that I call food, not right. supplements, really. Um, and, and so, yeah, yeah, and often micro, the, mic, those are the micronutrients you need to sort of survive. Yeah, they're right? just missing in our in our diets. And, and and some with the B with the B vitamins, I often do a B complex, and then I might pull out depending on the results of what right. So pull in some know, extra. That's exactly what I do. I do a B complex to them, and then if you plus, see depending yeah. on some results, then you might add a little more methyl B twelve or methyl folate. But I think you know, a lot of people can get by with just a really good B complex. Make sure it's yeah. a good high quality one yeah and if you're, you have that building and, and 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 this is really important like for things like weight loss too like um you know the the carnitine and the the b2 you know probably not one of the top you know like not in the absolute top baseline but you know that those if those things are missing you're not going to be able to be burning fat you're not be able to you know do that do as well yeah, on the weight loss front but um acetyl l-carnitine do a pretty high up one that i use a lot in the longevity realm yep or you know what's known as alcar alcar sort of got its big boost really in the you know athlete population right because it yeah. boosts energy so much and you know function but um you know honestly acetyl l-carnitine is is i would i would say it's it's, it's a conditionally essential nutrient that a lot of us are deficient in and especially if you're somebody who is an athlete and you're, you know, um, or has some brain dysfunction or you're older, I think that we see acetylcarnitine deficiencies in older people a lot. Um, remember, it's an amino acid that is synthesized by our body. We get it from red meat and dairy, back to our dairy. So mm-hmm. if you're not eating a lot of red meat, so if you look at a lot mm-hmm. of older people who lots of times can't chew as well or whatever, they don't eat, you know, a very big portion. You put their steak in front, but they're not eating a huge portion. So those are the only two places you really get L-carnitine from. Lots of times you do need to supplement it with people. Now, if you're eating a great diet with a lot of red meat and a lot of full fat dairy, you probably can get by without taking the supplement. You know, I, I, I tend to not eat tons of red meat. Um, I just am not a huge fan of it. Uh, and so I, I take L-car as a supplement and, and, you know, it's, it's remember it's like when they look at Alzheimer's, um, what they found is that there was a 40% reduction in Alzheimer's people of this, what's called carnitine acetyltransferase. And that's an mm-hmm. enzyme that works to help get carnitine into the cell. So, you know, that low alcar, I think this probably has to do with the plasma allergen deficiencies too. But I think that if you're going to really try and support acetylcholine function, you need alcar in there too, acetylcarnitine. It's, it's, and it, for that white loss the fats, mm. Remember, it's a fatty yeah. acid. It, it shuttles the fatty acids into the mitochondria. Yeah. You know? That's, so that's the piece that right, it's a shuttle, white right? loss can so be. It, yes, they get, it, it, it's what gets those fatty acids that were just talked about into the mitochondria where you need them to make ATP. Yeah. So I'm putting that, you know, in, in Quite most high of my up. people, I put that pretty high up as it, particularly as they get older or my athletes, anybody who's really, you know, high demand in life. Yeah. Um, so I will put that one kind of into, into, we'll include that in the fats because it acts as that shuttle. Right. And then, you know, um, I think the other thing almost everybody needs is N-acetylcysteine. I, I don't know if you guys yeah. can get any. Yep. Um, yeah, we can, we can. You know, but yep. N-acetylcysteine. Got it in my range. Yeah. Remember, super, all of us, 
are exposed to so much toxins out there. I mean, life is just full of toxins. And the problem is that we need glutathione to help get rid of, eliminate these toxins. Glutathione, um, you know, I know a lot of people do IV glutathione. They do liposomal glutathione. The problem with glutathione is that it, it can't actually get into it's the cell. Big, it can't say yep. exercise, it doesn't get intracellularly. It, it, so when you give serum level, serum glutathione, it's actually not getting where you want. Now it does break down into cysteine, which gets into the cell. Um, so, you know, when you're giving these glutathione, you're just basically boosting cysteine levels. So that's how it works. So, so instead, just, just take N-acetylcysteine. It's a lot cheaper, easier to take. Yep. So, um, you know, they, they've shown that that even a single dose of NAC increased glutathione levels in, in people and, you know, and really helpful in neurodegenerative diseases, anybody who's been through, a, you know, has immune dysfunction. But when we look at hormone metabolism, for instance, to get rid of some of the bad estrogens, you need glutathione. So you have to make sure those levels are adequate. I think N-acetylcysteine, one to two grams, you know, probably 1.2 grams um, a day is going to be high in my, you know, that's, you know, yeah. I, I talk yeah. about things I take. I take N-acetylcysteine every day. Yeah, if and you, I think if you drink a high alcohol. Dosages. I'm not going to advocate drinking alcohol, but if you drink alcohol, you absolutely have to take N-acetylcysteine. Yep, that's what I do if I'm naughty. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to drink, drink <laughs> do some N-acetylcysteine exactly because it's going to protect. It's going to help yeah. that liver to detoxify the alcohol. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 the, the glutathione pathway and the methylation pathway are sort of in competition with each other, aren't they? So if we push too much on the methylation, sometimes it can detract from the well, actually, no, the the body prioritizes the glutathione pathway, doesn't it? So the methylation right. will, will fall off. So but but you you want to keep pushing on both of those pathways, not just one of those pathways. Yeah, I, I think you need to keep both of those upregulated and you know, and and people when you're on medications, remember certain there's certain medications, for instance, that will that need methylation, right? So now you've overwhelmed that pathway. You've got to utilize the glutathione pathway to get rid of some of these toxins you're exposed to. The environmental toxins like stuff yeah. that comes from car exhaust fumes and yeah, you know, the BPAs, all those things really you, you've got to upregulate that glutathione pathway. And I think that you know, we look at the increase in Parkinson's disease. I don't know if you guys are seeing as much there, but here in the US, yep. tons and tons of Parkinson's, probably very, very much related to some environmental toxicities. And so this is something I think if we're looking at protecting our brains. I think you need to get N-acetylcysteine levels up. Yeah. Is um, there any downside with N-acetylcysteine, like any dangers or contraindications for that one? No. Not really? Uh, Not really. It, it, even in the, the cancer patients. I mean, cancer is... Probably shouldn't go there because it's like with with cancer you have to have everything that's opposite of what's good. Basically, yeah, I, don't, I think I think you don't want to be taking N-acetylcysteine when people are actively going on into chemotherapy because sometimes that detoxification actually makes the chemotherapy less effective. Yeah. But after that, so once people are done with chemotherapy, then it can actually be important. So I think the only time it's really contraindicated in cancers is during active chemotherapeutic treatments where you actually want toxins yeah. sitting around, unfortunately, right? Yeah, you want to keep them in the cell longer right. and therefore don't push right. the glutathione pathway. Got don't you. want to scrub detox. I mean, you know, that, that you're yeah. right. I mean, that's the downside of cancer is we're trying to kill everything and not kill you, which is not always easy. Um, okay, so um, anything else on the on the list of the vitamins before we you know hop over onto the peptide side of the equation? There's, I mean, there's um, vitamin C and there's uh, you know yeah uh, you know some of the basic micronutrients, but yeah, yeah. you know I think you know a good multivitamin probably is going to get you pretty far with that stuff. The vitamin C though, I did want to touch on briefly because there's this yeah. uh, I don't know if you know this guy Morley Robbins, I think his name is. Uh-huh. 
talks about ascorbic acid being not, you know, a bad form of vitamin C. And, of course, that's the most prevalent form that we have available on our shelves. Um, I I use a complex that's got, you know, bioflavonoids, and I try to get things like a whole lemon if I've got access to it and, you know, put it in my smoothies and have half a lemon a day. That way that's in the whole complex sort of thing. Makes sense to me, but I don't know. What's your take on the the ascorbic acid and where we're getting some of our vitamin Cs from? Like, I don't know if you're aware of them, that some of them are being produced by mold and and, and things like that. Um, And corn that's got glyphosate and, you know, so there's some issues like cheap vitamin C, probably not the one to go for. Yeah, I think you do have to be careful with vitamin C where it's coming from. What is the source of it that you're getting it from? I think you just be a little bit careful that like you do with most supplements, unfortunately, is there's yeah. a lot of stuff out there that's not, you know, it's not made well, not, you know, it, they did a study on Amazon, 60% of stuff on Amazon was fake. It had really, you know, 60% it was high, you know, yeah. it was not even, even what it was said to be in it. So you have to be careful with those things. I don't know that sorbic acid's bad. I, I really don't. I think, you know, as a, as a form of vitamin C, we've used it for a long time. I don't know if I agree with him that it's necessarily bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly agree with you. If you can get vitamin C from a complex, other sources yeah, better, or, but yeah. if not, I think that, that with a good, um, a good compounded ascorbic acid vitamin C, I think you can do fine. Honestly. Got it. Yep. Okay. Um, right. So let's jump over into the peptides briefly because I know you got to go in a minute. Um, and this is a bloody podcast in itself. And really, we probably should dedicate a whole podcast to peptides. Not really available down under yet. I mean, there is in Australia uh, more, um, but pretty bloody difficult to get in New Zealand. I hope that's going to change soon. Um, I do manage to get some through. <laughs> Um, but peptides, what are they? And so why do we need know, to have so, them on our radar? So basically remember that you know, peptides are small, short chains of amino acids. So, you know, less than 50 amino acids is a peptide, more than 50 is a protein. So they just kind of fall into that same protein realm. And I sort of look at peptide replacement for longevity the same way I look at hormone replacement. Replace what you're losing. So the reason we need hormones is because when we were young, we had them. When we we're old, we don't. Same thing's true about peptides. When we're young, we have certain peptides. So there are, there are two different types of peptides. There's manufactured peptides that we don't make that benefit, right? We have all sorts of benefits from peptides. And there's peptides that we make, like insulin. Um, two of the most important come from the thymus gland. So when we're babies, we have this giant gland in our chest called the thymus gland. And we know that thymus gland starts to shrink at puberty. By the time you're my age, it's it's not even existent anymore. So it's not making two of our most important peptides, which are thymus and alpha-1. Thymus and alpha-1 is a peptide that's super important for immune function. So our immune function declines as we age. If I replace thymus and alpha-1, I can keep at the same level I was when I was young. I should have a good, healthy, robust immune system. When we're at puberty, our immune systems are very robust. They start declining after that. So basically, replace what you're losing. Replace TA-1 and the other thymic peptides, thymus and beta-4. Mm-hmm. which is something that helps with tissue repair and regeneration. So what I like to do is four times a year, I put people on a course of thymic peptides for like six weeks, three times a week, a little TA1, TB4. I'm replacing what's lost. So I look at peptides, replace what's lost. The other peptide that gets lost is BPC. It stands for body protective compound. It comes from the gut. So the gut makes BPC in response to injury. When we're little, we make tons so you're little and you hurt yourself, it's better in a week. You're old and you hurt yourself and it's months and months and months. So and if you could just get BPC. more BPC mm-hmm. on board, you're going to heal faster. So th- four times a year, I do a combination of BPC, thymus and alpha-1 and thymus and beta-4, replacing what I've lost. So I 
keep those levels up to where they were, just like you might with estrogen and progesterone and testosterone, right? Yep. What else do we lose as we age? Growth hormone. Mm-hmm. So growth hormone starts to decline. We can't just take growth hormone. Itself. Taking growth hormone is very difficult. There's a, mm-hmm. when you give exogenous not growth hormone, you're not really, it's, it's not natural the way our body makes it. So what you want to do is what we use, what, what are called growth hormone secretagogues, which basically tell our own pituitary to just make it release a little bit more. So we can get some nice little surge of, of growth hormone at night when we're sleeping, which is the most important time. That's when we repair. When we're young and regenerating, we've got lots of growth hormone. When we're old, we don't have it anymore. So, so this is like epimorelin and... Yep, so CJC, epimorelin or tesimorelin, yep. epimorelin. Um, so that combination, and what I have people do with that is if they can afford it, stay on it continuously five out of seven days a week. You can cycle that too, but really that's one of those ones that we just, just like your hormones, estrogen, progesterone, we want to keep it at a level that, that was where our baseline levels in our 20s basically. Okay. Yep. And so, you got you know, mitochondrial peptides. The last piece, yeah, would be four times a year. I'm going to give back the mitochondrial peptide. So as I age, I lose mitochondria. The way mitochondria tell me I need more mitochondria is probably by producing a peptide, several peptides, but one that we can have access to is called MOT-SC. MOT-SC is a peptide made by the mitochondria. So if my mitochondria is stressed, they make MOT-SC. That tells my nucleus to make more mitochondria. Gotcha. If I don't have very many mitochondria left, I make less MOT-SC. Wow. So I don't get new mitochondria. So as I get old, I can't make new mitochondria. Remember, mitochondria are making ATP. That's your energy. Yeah, that's our energy level, guys. Our energy. We, when you're fatigued. So think about the tissues that need ATP the most. Your brain, yeah. your heart. Your heart. Right? Yeah. Yep. So you've and got think about four times COVID a year to replace things, that. You know? So for things like long COVID where your mitochondria are being exactly. hammered. Your mitochondria get yeah. hammered by viral illnesses like COVID. Hammered, right? Um, or if you overtrain. And that's yeah. really hard to recover, especially if you're older. Yep. So, so these is, are all the things that show, like, you know, we, 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 we get older and then we start not being able to exercise like we used to. And this is why. And so you yeah. can give this stuff back. Right. You can give um, back what we're you, losing. You, and that's yeah. exactly right. When people are like, oh, why do I need this stuff? It's because you made it when you were young and you don't now. Yeah. Right. So, you know, so there's no way that your body's all of a sudden going to just stay at those levels. It's just not going to. Yeah. So we decline yeah. and we age and we don't recover. You know, what about why- LL37? That's another. So LL37 is an antiviral peptide. So I'm not going to put that into my longevity realm. That one's right. going to be one you're going to pull in more often if somebody is sick. I'm yep. trying to treat a virus, right? So long COVID or. Just interrupting the show to let you know about my longevity and anti-aging supplement range. I'd love you to go and check it out. Go to my website, lisatarmity.com and hit the shop button and you'll see a curated range of supplements, the latest in anti-aging, longevity, health optimization, performance optimization. I've gone out into the world, interviewed the most amazing doctors and scientists, as you'll know if you follow the show, and gone and got some of the best products that are out there. Stuff that I give to my family, that's what's in my range so go and check it out at lisatarmity.com it's a long COVID if I look at at the last peptide that I would say put into your longevity piece it's epitalin um, which made so one of the other things that goes away as we age is our pineal gland so our pineal gland senses light dark it sets our circadian rhythm that's why older people get all screwed up in their circadian rhythms, right? So pineal gland calcifies as we age. And I was listening to a talk by a guy in pineal gland. He's like, there's just nothing you can do about it. Well, there is. You can give back what the pineal gland makes. 
So epitalon is pineal peptide. It's actually it's called a bioregulator peptide. Mm-hmm. So it actually changes our DNA. So twice a year, you can do a course of like five, 10 milligrams, three times a week. You do that for about 10 days, twice a year. And you're going to keep the pineal function going. I'm going to get a nice circadian balance going. So again, I replaced my mitochondrial stuff, replaced my growth hormone. I replaced my repair peptides, the thymic peptides and BPC. I replaced my pineal peptides. So wow. now I've kept things where they were when I was young, right? So you, so you cycle those again, twice a year for the epitalon, four times a year for Mod SC, you know, and now I'm going to stay hopefully at those levels where I can repair and recover and I don't get hit. When I do get hit by something like COVID or, you know, or you fall and break your hip, then, then you got to maybe add more into the mix. But you know, those are the baselines that I'm going to do all the time to keep my body at a stable level. And there's right. some that are, you know, bioregulator stuff coming out of Professor Cabinson's labs that we, mm-hmm. that, you know, I've been studying. You, you went to the conference and everything. Right. And some of these are sort of oral and these are easier for us to get. Uh-huh. Um, and so I am interested in these because, you know, some of the other ones that we've mentioned are bloody difficult to get if they don't yeah, have right. you as their personal physician and they're not, you know. Right. So, so like thy- thymolin, which is an oral thymic peptide. Now, you know, the hardest thing to me about the, the bioregulators is there's not a lot of data yet on them. Yeah. Only data is out of Cavinson's lab. Yeah. Um, the thing about bioregulators is basically they're short, short, short chains of amino acids. The problem with peptides is most of them, when you take them orally, they get broken down. But these are such small, they're two, three amino acids that, the, the, that they typically don't get broken down the same way. And then they can insert themselves in the DNA and repair things. I think there's, there probably is value to them. I yeah. wish that we had more science besides Dr. Kavinson's research out of them. Yeah. So we, have, we have just the Russian research. Um, but I do think, you know, uh, I do think they have benefits. And that that is a nice way because you, you can do the same thing. If you look at the bioregulators, you replace the thymic peptides, you replace the pineal peptides, you place, you know, so epitalon and, and thymolin, and you can use those cycling them through, um, you know, and you might want to be on more than four bioregulators at a time. So you right. do like a six-week course, about four of them, and then you might switch to a different one. But you're trying to look at them as, okay, this is what I'm going to use to keep this part of my body the same way it was. So I do think there's value to my, I, I would love to see especially, a little more data. Yeah, especially but, just because they're easier to get because they yeah, come right. in a pill form and, rather I agree. than a sub-Q. pill form orally, you can buy them online. Um, I think certainly they're better than, I, I, at this point, I, I they certainly are not bad for you yeah. and probably are good. And the, and the BPC, things like BPC, which we, you know, we've been trying to get this week, um, for mum's healing of her gut, um, the oral, because right. we've got the, the BPC 157, uh, injectables, but we're dealing with an intestinal digestive right. thing. So yeah, right. so BPC so for things like that. The gut works much better orally for other injuries, works better subcutaneously. Yep. Um, you know, so if I'm using it for longevity purpose, I usually do it subcutaneously, but for gut repair, uh, bar none, you just want to do yeah, like twice a day oral. orally, yeah. Yeah, so we've got some of that en route. Um, any of the other peptides? Oh, semaglutide, I, I know it's probably not, not on the, the high list, but a, a very, very interesting one, also quite expensive one, but very powerful for people who really uh, So I are am going to say that, that that does fall into my, you know, that is one of my li- on my list of longevity peptides. Because yeah. when you look at what the GLP-1 so semaglutide is what's called a glucagon-like peptide one yep. receptor agonist. They actually, so they're used for diabetes and now for weight loss. But if you look at what they do for brain, they're neuroprotective. For kidney, they're renal protective. They're gut protective. They actually help build muscle. I know Peter Tia wow. just did a big 
post about that the GLP-1 agonists are bad because you lose muscle. You don't. They actually help you build muscle unless you don't take enough protein in. Mm-hmm. What happens is the GLP-1 agonists reduce your appetite so much that you just don't eat enough. And so right. you get protein deficient. But if you can keep people's protein intake up, you'll actually preferentially lose fat and build muscle. So they are. We kind of talked them about them years ago as being something that we should sort of think about as a. And you don't even need a super high dose; just a small dose regularly for its protective effects on every single organ system. Um, I mean, every organ system. Point one, like point um, one milligram. Like you don't need a lot. Yeah, they do. Weight loss dose is like two and a half milligrams, but you need like really like you know. Honestly, by 0.1 milligram just for its protective effects. And then it doesn't end up being that costly to do. Yeah. Okay. That's something to put on people's radar because there are a lot of people just absolutely struggling with weight loss. And of course, the we weight need to loss, go to the diet. It's terrible. This bar yeah. none has been a game changer in my practice for weight loss. Yeah, I've honestly. seen I've seen some pretty it's amazing incredible. things. Yeah, it's, it's just so difficult to 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 access here. So if yeah. people are wanting to talk about these peptides and really need the sort of next level in peptide support, um, they can you know can come through me and I'll you know get you under Doctor Earth here. So um, because uh, it, it, they aren't cheap generally and there are some issues getting them in but we have managed to and if you're in the states then you need to go to the boulder longevity institute and get your peptides started because that's the easiest way you do want a good source for the peptides you know you and i've been around around this because it is hard in australia and new zealand to get them um you know so finding good sources as much as you can yeah, yeah, I'm still working on that one. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, um, I'm experimenting on myself with different things, but, um, it, it, it does. It's a space that I hope in the next two years is going to explode and then the price might come down and the accessibility yeah. might come, you know. More, yeah, exactly. Although I'm not holding my breath in New Zealand. Um, it's <laughs> one reason. I keep trying to get Lisa to move to the United States. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm coming to Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, definitely. For a lot of these things, I do get totally frustrated. Um, uh, Betsy, you've been absolutely fabulous today. I won't hold you up any further, and I better go and check on that mother of mine and see if she's okay. Um, is there anything else we should add? And where can people find you? You like, people must follow you on Instagram. Like, I love my daily dose of Doctor Youth <laughs> on Instagram because I like. Here's my daily little lecture while I'm just doing something. Yeah, I do try and like guys throw just like new studies that I've run into on Instagram. So follow me at, at Dr. Yurth. Join um, as Lisa and I've worked on a couple of projects on this, but just educational stuff. Both of us are passionate about giving you guys the education so you can, you know, tackle this yeah. stuff. You know, like I said, Lisa was just fighting with doctors just today. Um, just, yes. you know, <laughs> just yesterday, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you've got to be able to kind of be able to, to talk the talk and get so we have a bli.academy sign up join our human optimization academy where we do lectures and we do um q a's that are so interesting and so fun people ask such great questions so join bli.academy so you can learn some of this stuff we have, we're gonna have a whole thing do. on peptides whole course yep. on peptides and then if you just go to borderlongevity.com you can put inquiries there um as well but definitely join the optimization academy i think that you will you'll love the stuff we're putting out there again i try and teach just off scientific data and not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Involved it is in absolutely. 
Yeah. It's absolutely gold. And and we've done a course on there called um, yeah. Hack Your Health Span, How Not to Die. I love to die. <laughs> I love the title. I like that tale the best, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So we did that little course and so people can go and grab that on there. Yeah, which, but the, yeah. the BLI Academy is honestly like um, super, super valuable. Like, um, you know, it, it – it just the the I mean you're talking like I, I just want people to understand you're talking here to one of the greatest cellular health minds doctors on the planet, and you get access via her BLI Academy to this information for bugger all. Um, it's very very cheap. If you're not joining, you're an absolute idiot. <laughs> go and join, <laughs> and, and and keep listening out, and and go back and go and listen to all our other podcasts that we've done together. Um, there's a reason why Doctor Youth is the number one in in my health family health. Uh, you know, I have like 15 doctors in the mix with Mum's cancer journey, for example. But Doctor Youth is the boss. She's the boss. Oh. <laughs> well, you're the boss. So, but- <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be a little Sherpa guide along the way. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. So that please, is, I mean, what the point that. she makes here is you guys have to be the boss still and then find somebody who will just discuss things with you. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, you know, a lot of times Lisa brings things up to me and I'm like, yeah, you're right. We probably should consider that. Or, you know, it's like, you know, you, but you have to have an understanding. This, so you're going to have to learn this stuff because you yep. said like, you know, she went and met with surgeons yesterday and, you know, nobody would give you time of day. You've got to be able to defend your right. case. Oh yeah, like like just uh, on a brief like that, just to so that you pe- pe- people get this p- p- picture in the hospital system at least here, they're all very nice, they're friendly, they're arrogant as hell sometimes. And, and yesterday I prepared a two hours. I was researching <laughs> MRI diagnostics. I had the research and talked to the earth. I've been and I come to there to to say to these guys because. Because you got to think they've got two minutes and they're on to the next patient, the next patient, <laughs> and the theatre's waiting for them. So they're under massive pressure. I get that. Uh, but my mum nearly died twice this week. So I need your attention for two seconds, please. And I couldn't get it. And well, what are you going to do? We're just going to sit and wait. And I'll go, right, hemoglobin <laughs> is down at 84 after, you know, being at 74 and having to have a transfusion. And you're just going to sit and wait for another bleed? And we can't do the colonoscopy and we can't. And I said, well, can't we do an MRI? My research says that an MRI, right, and MRI that he walked off safe. before I even got half of that out of my mouth. Right. And I was like fuming. And, but this is the thing. And right. I had a, a, I have a friend in the, in the industry, shall we say, and she's going, say these words, use these things, say it in this order. And, and because this is what's happening in their mind, they're triaging things. Right, and eighty-one-year-old right. ladies don't come probably that high up on the list, you know, yeah. with multiple comorbidities and stuff, and resources being completely depleted in our system. So, right, if you have a loved one, just fight like shit. Right, I mean, and, and you have to have knowledge, right? And that's what we're trying to do is, you know, give yeah. you guys the knowledge so you can go in there with, here's an idea, here's a thought, here's something, you know, that I might be able to do yeah. on my own. And then I still got stonewalled, but, um, <laughs> and like, you know, they send me MRI won't help and I've got the research saying it will help. And I'm like thinking in my head, yeah, apparently she didn't need an MRI 18 months ago when she had a brain tumor either, <laughs> you know, and it took me three weeks to get one then. Um, I didn't say that because I was trying to be polite <laughs> at the same time, but I'm telling you guys <laughs> so that you guys don't get in those situations. Hopefully, hopefully. Thank you so much. Right, Betsy, it's been absolutely wonderful. All right, take a nap. <laughs> <laughs>
I might come back because this morning I was woken at 5am with the bell going, you know, mum in a, in a situation again and I just raced out of the bed and I'm like, I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> so I've got my Cortef and my uh, Gabba and my all my things guarded today. <laughs> all right. Thanks again for having me, Lisa. Talk soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye. That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review, and share with your friends. Head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatamati.com.